Our question is, do Jews believe in the evil eye? So, everyone, I see everyone nodding. Everyone thinks <laughs> yes. Okay. So you are probably familiar with the um, old Jewish Yiddish expression, canine um, hara, or canine uh, hara, or cane uh, hara, or there's different versions of how people actually say it. Um, and so... Um, and so it's really short for Cain Ayin Hara, which means no evil eye. Um, so whether you say Cain Ahara or Cain or however you say it, it is short for Cain Ayin Hara, which means no evil eye, implying that we Jews did believe in the evil eye. Um, in fact, the reason why the Torah tells us that when we count people, we must always count them not by looking at the individuals and counting one, two, three, but by count, asking everyone to give a half-shekel coin, and then we would count the coins to see how many people we had. That's how they, Moses counted people in the desert. Um, he counted with half-shekel coins. Um, and then they counted Israel every year like that. Many years later, David attempted to do a census um, of the population, and um, David for whatever reason, did not bother to count using these half-shekel coins or making everyone give something. David rather actually counted people and um, had, well, had the people go around house to house and count people. And as a result, David was punished for that because one is not supposed to count people. Um, in fact, today we, count, we use a census. And um, scholars or Jewish scholars are asked, are we allowed to participate in a census today, given that we don't count people? Um, and the answer is yes, we are, because in the census today, we don't count people either. We rather count numbers on a paper, right? We write it down on the paper. Um, we don't have them going around as they used to and actually counting all the members in the, in the house. Um, but now you fill out a paper and you hand it in to the census worker. Um, we're going to have a census later this year. And so you're counting numbers on a paper, and that's fine. We just don't count people. Now, the reason why we don't count people directly is because of our concern for the ayin hara, for the evil eye that can come when we count people. We find this concept of evil eye um, elsewhere in the Torah. Um, the Torah, firstly, in the Ten Commandments that we read last week, the Torah tells us, lo tachmod, do not be jealous. That's the law, do not desire something that somebody else has. That is the uh, last of the Ten Commandments. We are forbidden from looking at something that someone else has and um, wanting that which somebody else has or looking admiringly at somebody else and wishing that we had that as well. Um, not only is that prohibited as one of our Ten Commandments, but our tradition tells us that this leads to ayin hara, to an evil eye that can cause harm to the person whom we've looked at in that jealous way. The Midrash tells us that when Abraham's second wife, Hagar, became pregnant, his first wife, Sarah, was 
um, looked at her negatively because Sarah had been waiting for many years to have a child. Um, and as a result, it impacted Hagar to the point that Hagar lost her child. She then became pregnant again, and she had a second, she had a child, Yishmael. The Talmud tells us further that if you go to the cemetery, 99% of people die from the evil eye. 1% of people die from God directly. So, in fact, the evil eye, um, um, the evil eye is widely mentioned throughout Torah, throughout Scripture, and throughout our oral traditions. Um, but how exactly does it work? What exactly is this evil eye? What exactly does it do when you look at somebody in a jealous way? How does that impact them negatively? So the Kleyakar, one of our great Jewish commentaries from the 1600s, explains that essentially every person's fate is decided by God. Whatever happens to an individual is decided by God. Now we believe that God is what we call Rachum v'chanun, merciful and gracious. And what that means is often we're not really deserving that God should give us all the good that we have, but God gives it to us anyway because God is super nice and um, extra gracious. And so we often get that which we don't deserve. However, um, when somebody looks at our good fortune negatively, then that causes God to then reevaluate that which we have and say, well, maybe this individual shouldn't really be having this. And so as a result, sometimes God will say, well, you know, they don't really deserve it. Other people are uncomfortable with what they have, and therefore God decides to take it away from them. So um, therefore, um, rather than, uh, therefore, it's, uh, therefore we can be harmed by someone looking negatively at the good that we have. Now, how can somebody else's view of us impact us? So Kabbalah explains that every or that all people really share a single soul. In other words, if we go back, we're really all one and the same person. Which is why one should be really careful not to harm somebody else. Because if you hurt somebody, it's like one hand hurting the other hand, right? So and then the other hand hurting it back. So you're essentially just hurting yourself. If you offend somebody, you are essentially just offending yourself. We are all an extension. We are all a single. Um, we are all deep down at the, on the deepest level. We all are a single soul. We are all a single individual. We are all can interconnected. And so because of that, the thoughts that one person has about somebody else can impact the way another per what happens to the other person. So we can impact people both in a positive way by praising them, by looking positively at another person. We can also impact them negatively by looking at somebody in a negative way um, and seeing somebody um, negatively. Not only can we impact other people by seeing other people negatively. Now, we don't always, not every time, somebody will soon talk about how to ways of getting around it. But uh, the, not every time someone looks at someone negatively will that necessarily impact them negatively. But we do believe that someone who looks at someone negatively, it does impact 
that individual. For that matter, we also believe that talking negatively about someone, which is a separate prohibition of Lashon Hara, uh, we have Ayin Hara, evil eye, looking at someone negatively, Lashon Hara, evil speech, speaking about somebody negatively, impacts the person who says it, the person who hears it, as well as the person whom it's spoken about. All are impacted. Kabbalah explains that while we often don't only think of our real world, our world of action, the world where things actually happen, um, our, the world that we can see, but there also is, on another plane, there is a olam hadibur, there is a world of speech. Every single thing that a person says has an impact. It has an impact in the world of speech. And the world of speech has an impact on the world of action. In other words, the way we speak then has an impact also on what happens to us and what happens to others around us. In the same way, we're told, there is also olam ha-machshava, a world of thought. And the way a person thinks impacts themselves. So if you're in a bad mood, it impacts yourself. Um, it also impacts other people around you. So the way you think, your thoughts are very powerful. And um, thoughts exist. You can never take back a thought. Once you've thought something, um, it is there essentially forever. We spoke about that when we did our class on dreams. Um, you can never take back a negative thought. And so a negative thought about oneself or about somebody else impacts the person thinking that thought negatively, as well as it impacts the person whom you are thinking about negatively. Yes, Bart? Yeah, is this related to just Jews or everybody? Everybody. 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 Everybody, yes. So, and that's again because we believe that speech uh, is real, uh, exists, doesn't disappear, and thought is real, exists, and doesn't disappear. And because we believe that we are all interconnected, so negative speech that a person has can have a negative impact on themselves and another person. Negative thought that a person has, by extension, will also have a negative impact on themselves and on another person. Yes, then. That is incorrect. You can control your thoughts. It is sometimes more difficult than controlling your speech and your action. Um, but a person can control your, their thoughts. You cannot stop a thought from falling into your head, but you can banish a thought. You can change your train of thought. You can absolutely can control your thoughts. It's a very difficult thing, but it's a very important thing to do. In fact, there are a lot of people that get paid a lot of money to help other people control their thoughts, right? right? We call them therapists. Um, so they help you control your thoughts. Uh, but it's a really important thing to learn how to do yourself to control your thoughts because your thoughts impact you negatively, impact those around you negatively. Uh, if you have negative thoughts, you think bad about yourself, you're pessimistic, you have negative thoughts about somebody else, um, those negative thoughts impact yourself and other people negatively. So it's very important to learn to control your thoughts. And it's something that everybody is capable of doing. Um, you just, so it takes a little practice, a little exercise, uh, but everyone's capable of controlling their thoughts. 
So not only are we impacted, though, by our own, by the way another person looks at us in a negative way, we also can be impacted the way other spiritual forces, such as angels, look at us negatively. The Talmud tells us that when the Torah was given at Mount Sinai, it was given with a lot of noise, as we described last week. It was given with thunder and lightning at Mount Sinai, and all of Israel stood at Mount Sinai uh, with God's voice that everybody heard, this great revelation. It was given with a great spectacle. And then what happened is, the later Israel worshipped the golden calf, 40 days later, and when Moses came down with the first set of tablets, Moses smashed those first set of tablets. So they were broken because Israel um, worshipped the golden calf. But our sages say that this was an indirect result of the angels, so to speak, having an evil eye or looking negatively at Israel. They were jealous that God had given us the Torah. The second set of tablets were given quietly. Moses came down the mountain with the second set of tablets. No big deal, no fanfare. And as a result, those lasted. So what we see from this is that the, well, firstly, that not only other people who see um, things happening, if we do things loudly, but also spiritual forces can also have a negative impact upon us. Um, But we also see very much the way that we avoid the evil eye. And the way we avoid the evil eye is by not flaunting the good that we have. Everybody's life is full of blessings. So we need to be aware of our blessings. It's very important. Sometimes people think that their lives are horrible. Um, When they're not, if you compare your life to people who were um, struggling, people who were suffering, um, and you compare your life to them, um, your life is not all that horrible. Um, And it's actually, we compare our lives to the way they were. our lives are actually pretty good, uh, right? Our lives yes, are really absolutely. good. Yes, uh, I was just reading the other day. Yeah, I was just reading the other day about accounts about the DP camps that survivors were in after the Second World War, and um, they were pretty horrific. These DP camps, they were usually military barracks um, that had been turned into um, DP camps. Um, most families had were given tiny spaces um, for the family, um, or sometimes shared spaces um, of maybe 10 or 20 feet by um, 10 or 20 feet. It wasn't very tiny areas. Um, they were given with uh, open sea elements, right, um, without proper warming and without proper, and they were uh, living off military rations um, that the American military was giving them. Um, they were living pretty difficult but compared to what they had previously, uh, it was really something. Uh, as one person described it, um, they now were they got along with their bread. They got butter, and mind you, the military butter they were getting was salted butter, so that it didn't spoil. Right? They would send it. The military food were all back then before they had the um, MREs. Um, they, um, the military food was all um, preserved, so it was very salty butter, but they had butter to put on their bread. Um, you know, it was a whole different life. Uh, but when you compare that to what, um, you know, and then today people complain with what we have. 
So we need to be appreciative of what we have. We need to recognize the good that we have. But at the same time, we shouldn't flaunt our, what, the good things that we have. Um, the, our, the Torah tells us that during the famine, in the days of Jacob, our forefather, Jacob turns to his sons and tells them, go down to Egypt and go get grain, even though we have plenty of grain. Because other, everybody around us is going to Egypt to buy grain because of the famine, where Joseph, they know it was Joseph, was selling grain. Um, so if we don't go as well, people will think we are well off, and we, they will look at us with jealousy, and they will plant evil eye in us. Um, and so better, let's not flaunt our, that we saved for the famine, which they had. Um, uh, let's go down to Egypt and buy bread anyway, uh, or buy <coughs> grain anyway. Uh, but we see from Jacob and um, throughout Scripture and throughout our Jewish books the importance of never um, flaunting that which we have, never sharing it. Um, the uh, Talmud tells us about Re- Rebbe, Rebbe Yehuda Hanasi, who later was the author of the Mishnah, one of the greatest Jewish leaders of all time, um, that when he was a young boy, he was brilliant. And the scholars were so impressed by him that they sat him up in front and had him teach the adults and the scholars until his mother came and pulled him away because she did not want people to be jealous of him. And um, so and in the same way, we should not um, flaunt that which we have or um, show, be showy about it, um, but rather we should be very quiet and... Um, we should be very quiet about that which we have, um, live below our means, um, or at least uh, definitely publicly, and, um, or any other gifts that God has given us. Well, we should use out our gifts and talents. Um, we shouldn't promote them or praise ourselves, praise our gifts and talents, publicize that which we have. Um, and indeed, you may remember your grandmothers uh, who were, uh, grew up with this Jewish culture, um, if someone was successful, they wouldn't publicize it. They'd be afraid to publicize it or to share it with everybody. If somebody was wealthy, they wouldn't drive, well, they didn't have cars, but they wouldn't no. live in fancy homes uh, or at least have um, fancy, um, at, or at least have fancy um, externals of their homes that people, it looks on the outside like it's a fancy home. Yeah, we were always careful not to flaunt what we have. Now, let me take a question and then I'll continue. Yes, do you want to add something? Yes, so what about people with talents and gifts, artistic or musical kinds of talents, and sharing those? So it's important to share that which we have. We believe that gifts that God gave us, God gave us to share. Um, And we should use them and we should maximize our gifts and we should use our talents and train ourselves to improve whatever talents we have. But at the same way, we need to have humility about whatever talents we have, and we should always be humble about it. And a truly talented person doesn't need to share their talents. They can do their job or show their talents as they need to um, for um, as part of their work or whatever they're doing, but they don't need to make a big deal and be arrogant about it um, in an unnecessary way. Um, and in fact, throughout, um, in fact, we live in a society today, um, and I don't think this was even true 20, 30 years ago. We live in a society today where everybody is encouraged to, from a very young age, 
to um, grow or um, expand their, um, show off their abilities. Um, already kids in high school are, um, go to professional um, college um, preparers that help them uh, puff up their um, high school accomplishments to make them sound much better than they are. Um, then, from when you're 18 years old, everybody also always has a resume on hand where all your accomplishments are um, puffed up much greater than an individual is. We live in a society like that. You're supposed to hold on going a LinkedIn page that you have to always update with all of your great accomplishments. Um, and so we live in a society where... Um, People are really encouraged to always flaunt and try to promote themselves and be as self-promoting as possible. We have so many reality shows that are all about people promoting themselves um, and pushing themselves. And unfortunately, we live in a society where people flaunt wealth is highly encouraged. But Jews traditionally have not flaunted ourselves. And we don't believe in flaunting our wealth and our successes. And so the best way to avoid the ayin hara, the evil eye, is by not flaunting the good that we have, not puffing ourselves up. Now, do you need to have a resume in order to get a job? I think you do today. You yeah. wouldn't be get very far if your resume didn't share, um, wasn't puffed up because it would look horrible compared to other resumes. You don't really have a choice anymore. But we still, as much as possible, should not go about. We should live with a sense of humility. Um, they tell a, they tell a, um, about a former a rabbi who was the head of the Agudat um, the Association of Rabbis of the United States and Canada, um, which I think still exists, but this is a couple decades ago. And uh, he was once brought to court as a character witness and they introduced him as the chief rabbi of the United States. He was the head of the Association of Rabbis in the United States. And so he corrected them, and he said, and Canada. He obviously didn't have this. <laughs> so the judge asked him, Rabbi, doesn't your religion teach humility? The rabbi said, yes, but I'm under oath. <laughs> so anyway, that's what they tell him. I don't know if it's a true story or not. Rabbi, isn't yes. this evil eye not just being boastful? But a jinxing and hexing uh, something, for example, if a woman gets pregnant, she's not supposed to announce it for, you know, given amount of time. Yes, like yes. That. So involved in the evil eyes, we don't share news, good news before necessary, such as when a woman gets pregnant. I'm going to get to some of the details, what we actually do to avoid it. Um, but we should not promote ourselves in ways that other people will be jealous or look negatively upon us um, unnecessarily. I mean, you've you got to live life, but we should not do so unnecessarily. <coughs> yes? Um, see, the way that my mother, grandmother used Kenahora, I, I thought it was <coughs> different from what she said because, like, she would look at her grandson or granddaughter and say, oh, you know, what a beautiful child, Kenahora. So yes. they would always say Kenahora when they would praise someone. They would always add, no evil eye. Because if they did praise, they wanted to make sure that there was no evil eye. <laughs> Like, yeah, so it was after you said a praise. Mm -hmm. and then, and then Nothing the, bad happened. Nothing wrong with beautifying things. As long as you don't flaunt it to the public, 
Um, you don't need to. There's nothing wrong with making things nice and beautifying things. The problem is when you have a better than you attitude or um, trying to be better than other people. Um, so interestingly, um, the Torah tells us that when Jacob blessed his children before he died, he told his son Joseph, who was the king of Egypt, a leader of Egypt, a um, very successful individual, he told him, Ben Parat Alei Ayin, um, the son that is above the eye. Um, so Joseph is, um, so to speak, above the eye. And later, when um, the Joshua, many years later after Moses, Joshua leads the people into the land. And at the time, Joseph had was split into two tribes, Manasseh and Ephraim, but they were by far the largest tribe. And they came, they came to jo Joshua to complain that they had split up the land and they didn't get enough land for the size of their tribe. And Joshua tells them, why are you flaunting your size? Um, you will bring upon yourselves the evil eye. And they say, well, we have a tradition from our forefather, Joseph, that um, we are beyond the evil eye. The evil eye does not impact us. Now, why not? Why did the evil eye not impact them? In fact, the Talmud says, if somebody is afraid of the evil eye, they should say, I am a descendant of Joseph. So I am not afraid of the evil eye. Even if you may be of one of the other tribes, you can still be, um, you can still be a spiritual descendant of Joseph. Indeed, we call Israel sometimes, the people of Israel sometimes called the people of Joseph. Um, now, what does that mean? So Rav Kook, a um, former chief rabbi of Israel, explains that the evil eye only impacts people who care about what others think about them. People that are always concerned about what the other people are saying, how other people are looking at them, they're the ones that get impacted by the evil eye. But those that live for themselves and don't care, aren't trying to keep up with the Cohens, um, aren't trying to... Um, uh, fit into their neighbors, aren't always looking over their shoulder to see how everybody else views them and how everyone else is looking at them, those people are not impacted by the evil eye. So a person should not flaunt their successes, but not only should we not flaunt our successes, we also should not really worry about what other people are thinking of us. And now I have to say that with a caveat, the, the Mishnah in Perkei Avot, in Ethics of Our Father, tells us that anyone whom God, who people like, God likes. People don't like you, God does not like you. That's what it says in Perkei Avot, in Ethics of Our Fathers. And what, what that means... What that means is, what, what that means is, a person should be liked by other people. In other words, you, and the way you're liked by other people is the way you treat other people, how you interact with other people. Some people, nobody likes them because they're self-centered, they're focused on themselves, because they're always trying to prove themselves, um, because they have an attitude about them, because they're negative. Uh, God doesn't like such people either. Um, a person needs to be positive, caring, warm. People like you regardless of 
your successes or regardless of what sort of home you live in or what sort of car you drive. People will like you regardless. People's like for you, and it is important that you be a pleasant person that others like, but that is from the way you treat others. There is no need for a person to flaunt their wealth, to share their wealth, to flaunt their successes that are not part of a person should share their talents, but in a humble uh, way. And really a person should not be concerned about what other people think of them, not as far as other people thinking of them being mean. That's a problem. But as what other people think of their, what they have. Uh, a person shouldn't be trying to get other people to look up to them or accept them because of what they have. Because the truth is, nobody really cares what car you drive. Um, nobody's really going to like you any more or any less, depending on the car you drive or the size of the home that you have or um, any other particular talent that you want to show off about. To the contrary, people like you less because of it. Um, so... The way one avoids an evil eye is by really not worrying about um, what other people, um, the way other people are looking at you and not trying to prove yourself or show oneself to um, other people. Now that's very difficult because we live in a society that tells us all the time that you need to have the latest fashion and you need to um, always fit in and you need to match up to what everybody else has. Uh, but it's important in life, we've hopefully learned this very young, I try to teach my children this at a young age, um, that just because the other kids are doing it doesn't mean that you need to do it. You're your own person. And um, just because somebody else has it doesn't mean that you need to have it. And it shouldn't really bother you. They're good for them that they have it. It shouldn't bother you that um, you don't have it as well. Grandpa isn't um, somebody that is not well-liked uh, extreme case of somebody who doesn't really care what other people think. <coughs> so that's the difference that I wanted to be clear about. Not caring about what other people think means not caring about the other way other people, not trying to get other people to admire you for different things that you have. You should care about the way other people think regarding the way you treat other people, regarding the way other people feel comfortable around you. That is very important. Um, that's why I gave that caveat, that if other people don't like you, God doesn't like you either. Um, if people find you mean, arrogant, um, standoffish, or anything of the like, then that's not a good thing. People should like you because you should be very pleasant to other people. You shouldn't care about other people admiring you. You shouldn't care about other people saying, oh, I wish I had what you have. Um, in fact, we should avoid that because that gives us the evil eye that causes us to lose whatever we had. And so um, that brings us to the next point, which is that we also should never look at something somebody else has with jealousy or even admiringly saying, I wish I had that because that invokes the evil eye on them, but it also in turn invokes it on us because when God judges them, to see, should they ha do they have what they should? Do they really deserve it? God's going to look back at us and say, well, you're upset about it. Do you really deserve what you have? And so we should never look with jealousy with, at another person. The Talmud tells us that um, um, contrasts Bilam, who was the um, wicked 
um, individual who tried to curse our people, who had an evil eye, who looked negatively um, at Israel. He was jealous of the good that they had. And um, contrast that with Abraham, who Abraham, when he saw other people's goodness, was happy for them and rejoiced with them. And uh, he, was, he was happy for the good that they had. And so um, in the same way, um, in the same way the Talmud tells us that everybody has within them a good eye and an evil eye, um, which is why we have two eyes. We could look at people <laughs> positively and negatively. In other words, we could look at somebody and be happy for the other person. We could look at somebody and say, oh, I wish I had what they have. Um, and so a person should always um, look at pe other people positively and be happy for others when they have something, even if it's something that perhaps we always really wanted. Be happy for them that they have it, um, even if we don't have it, and um, not look at any, in any way negatively at them or wish um, that we have it. And for that reason, um, we always, if we see somebody else has something, we try to... Um, we recognize what they have, but not um, never put them down for it or never um, try to discredit somebody else. And in the same way, going back to what we were saying earlier, we also don't try to show off that which we have. And our grandparents went to and our ancestors went to great length for that. Um, Shari just mentioned uh, when uh, we have a tradition that when a woman gets pregnant, not to, until it's visible that she's pregnant, not to share it with other people. That's because the early, we know the um, early months of pregnancy um, are very sensitive. I, um, uh, unfortunately, um, a lot of, often, babies are not carried to term and lost in the early months of pregnancy. And uh, we believe that when other people see someone pregnant, especially there's always people around us who are trying to get pregnant, who wish they could have a child, um, and if they look at us negatively, it can have a negative impact on us. So baby showers um, are not permitted? Sorry? Baby we don't showers. do baby showers for the same reason. Because um, we don't do it. We don't do baby showers. Um, yeah, because um, since, yeah, we don't do baby showers for the same reason. Um, and for that matter, we don't flaunt any success that we have. People don't. People often ask, "How many children do you have?" We generally don't like to share numbers um, because, again, it can look at um, just like we don't count people. Um, it can cause people to look at you negatively, wish that they had the same. Um, and for that matter, um, any success or good that we have, a successful child, rather than going around all proud, saying, you know who my child is, as the old Jewish Baba used to do. Um, we avoid doing that. Um, it's always better not to, um, not to flaunt our successes or what we have. Um, at the same way, we shouldn't be overly worried about what we have um, and worried about the way other people are looking at us. Again, if we don't care the way other people see us, we're not trying to impress other people, then the evil eye will have no impact. And ultimately, we have to trust in God. We believe that everything comes from God, and God wants the best for us. And therefore, ultimately, we need to count on God um, to, um, who wants our best, who has our best interests in mind, that God will ultimately take care of us and give us that which we need. Um,